Good evening and welcome to Horror. I'm Lee. I'm Chris. I'm Adam. Uh, and we are here, as promised previously, to discuss uh, what we do in the shadows. Yay. Yeah, <laughs> see a cheer already. Spoiler <laughs> alert: we loved it. Um, uh, so before we dive into it, although we're all very keen, Chris, have you seen anything since last time? I've not seen anything, but I have listened to a great little podcast called oh. Welcome to Horror, uh-huh. which I missed out on, and I oh, learned. Oh. I learned all about Psychoville, and it oh. turns out I have something in common with uh, girls who don't have their antennas out, because I've never heard of Psychoville. Ah. Um, and also, but that feeds into, I heard on another podcast, an advert, it must have been a BBC one, hmm. for Inside, Inside Number 9. Yes. And I thought, that is something I should listen to. Yes. And I haven't done it yet, but... It is brilliant. Mm. It really, really is, because... Um, they said in the first episode is that obviously just certainly the Beeb aren't interested in recording commentaries or putting extras on any of their mm, DVDs no. and stuff and like the league were always very good for their extras and Psychoville had very good extras and then sort of inside number nine came along and they again I just don't think no one was willing to make the investment so mm. um, I think they're quite pleased to be able to um, start doing that now yeah um, but and also the one good thing is that they give they tell you are you aware of the um, are you aware of the rabbit uh, the hair statue that appears in Inside Number Nine they only revealed it I think it was last season where they yes, had they had an episode that revolved around a hair statue mm. yeah like a, a little golden statue of a hair and um, what that reappears in and it's in every episode right. and in in this episode that they actually made the focus of it they were basically it was a cursed object mm. and they kind of implied that it appears in every other episode and they'd always put it they'd always put it in there um, and had you seen it I had never noticed no. it before no. and and on inside inside number nine they tell you each week as they do an episode they tell you from the previous week where they'd hidden it mm. ah. so that for uh, people who are trying to spot it because I'm I still intend to go back through and re-watch Inside Number 9 and spot the hair yeah. because I do need to once I've read about that I was like what a perfect excuse to re-watch a fantastic yeah. I've got yeah. two friends at work um, who independently both started about two weeks ago watching it for the first time from the beginning Really? One is about four episodes in. Mm-hmm. One is almost up to date. Yeah. So I get a da- so uh, Manny, who we've mentioned previously on the show. Um, <clears throat> Hi Manny. Yeah. Hi Manny. Hello. Um, yeah. Almost every other day now, I'll get three or four messages where he tells <laughs> me where I'll just get a message going. Well, where did she come from? Or, and I have to try and guess what episode. <laughs> <we're watching. laughs> um, yeah. Or well, that was a fucking miserable one. Is the other one that yeah. I get. Um, but yeah. So it's good. People are finally catching up with it. I think it's finally in season five. I think it's finally been promoted somewhere, and people seem to be picking up on it. And that is the cryptic crossword <clears throat> episode. Is that from Inside Number Nine, or is yes. that it is that's like Inside Number? I think that's series three. I might okay. be wrong. Red, uh, Riddle of the Sphinx. Yes, is that episode? Yeah. I've seen that episode about four times now. I cannot stop rewatching it. It's so See that so is interesting because I yeah like to think what could be in it that would really make you want to watch it again so much out of all of them. It's it, it, they just they just have they just have a knack mm. and still um, 
you know, I think it's it's impressive that it's series five mm. and they've written everything. Yeah. As well as being in yeah. Um, oh yeah. You know, yeah. the fact that they've not had to bring in other people because I mean obviously you got stuff like Tales of the Unexpected started off where it was like adaptions of Roald Dahl. Yeah. Um or even stuff like The Twilight Zone, Black Mirror, most anthology so- shows have a group of people they bring in. Yeah. You know, uh, where the if you start off doing it all, you end up sort of like bringing other people in. And yet, this is like series five, so I mean, my maths is fucking awful. Uh, so, like, this is thirty episodes mm. yeah. that they've done themselves. Yeah, and yeah, it's just. I I, I did message you, Adam, didn't I, and mm. say that this episode, this the, so episode three of season five, is the first one that I've not enjoyed out of all mm. of them. And so, yeah. why is that? What uh, love's I, great adventure? Yes, uh, that was the episode. Yeah, um, but... I. Just did it didn't have the same twist and snappiness in mm. it, and and to be fair, a part of that might be because every episode they do a serious one, so every episode mm. they do one that isn't in any way comedy, and that was this episode. Yeah, um, and so I'm always less. There's always the one of the series that I don't go back to, mm. so I it, it particularly doesn't work for me. Um, because they are really good at making it really bleak, and I'm just not a fan of that. Yeah. I, th- um, I think this was because I mean you don't really you don't really like stuff like Mike Lee and mm. like stuff like Mean Time and Abigail's Party and like no. which is definitely what it was more in a vein of. Yeah, I would say. Although I did and because I I text I remember texting you about it and saying it was kind of like you know it was like someone had condensed down six months worth of a soap. Yeah. To the mm. bits that mattered. Yeah. Mm. But there's still that element where it's like, well done, lads. Because you did like what EastEnders is supposed to do to me over the course of a year. Yeah. You managed mm. to do it in half an hour. <laughs> still. And obviously, you still have the twist in there where it's like, oh, okay. So that's. <clears throat> it did, but it wasn't enough of. <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. It wasn't enough of a twist for me. I think that was the other thing that was missing. Like, I did. I got what happened, and with I got the, with the car. Yeah, yeah, and that it was never overtly said, and you had to piece the pieces together. Which yeah, was, but yeah, it, it, but still, it still wasn't it was still, enough. Yeah, for me. it wasn't it was a little a, bit subdued. Yeah, it was. Oh, definitely, that is the that is the best way of describing it. And I do think that they have, uh, again, I think they often do like, for want of a better expression, the worthy episode, mm. where it's like. No, we can write. Pro- it's like mm. it's like Throbbing Gristle doing an album of pop songs, where it's like, look, we can do it. We yeah. choose not to. Yes, and I think there's also an, and not. I don't think they're doing it from because I know that they enjoy stuff like sort of Ken Loach, Mike Lee, which is definitely what this was more in a vein of. Yeah, um, but I think it's also also that tends to be the BAFTA the BAFTA bait. Yeah, in a way because you know, unfortunately. No matter how brilliant the Riddle of the Sphinx is, or how brilliant Sardines is, or whatever yeah. like that, they just aren't the ones that they wouldn't be judged by critics as. Oh, this is impeccable. No, they <laughs> are. Despite the fact they are the clever ones. Yeah. The, the, the other one, I can't remember the name of the episode. The one where they're moving house, and the whole episode it shows you oh, ten keeps minutes, and then back. goes back ten minutes before that, and then ten minutes before that. Yeah. And that is a, another one. Like I've watched that three or four times. 
because every time you think you've got a handle on exactly mm. what's going on, it shows you ten minutes before and nothing is what you think. And it's absolutely mm. that's what, that is fantastic, mm. clever writing. I and think, I think when they do, as you say, it, they do do a series one to show that they can do it, and it is very good. Mm. But I want that. So I want that cleverness. I want yeah. that. It's almost like magic, isn't it? Like a yeah, magic it, trick, really. Yeah, it yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Is. Funnily enough, I believe that's what the upcoming episode is. Oh really? Uh, it's because uh, I know obviously Richie Smith's very into like magic mm-hmm. and sort of sleight of hand and stuff like that. Yeah. And I believe yeah, it's like a sort of it's one about um, a magician. I believe it's called it's called distraction. Mm-hmm. So as in like you know what you do during a magic trick to yeah. ensure that it p- pays off. So I believe that's what the next mm-hmm. episode is. Excellent. Uh, I shall be looking so that, forward to that. Uh, and again, I think the <laughs> I mean it's like uh, what was it the the. 12 Days of Christine. Yes. Again, an amazing, amazing episode, but I think that that one I haven't really revisited again because, like you say, it's quite a sort of... That is, that is without a shadow of a doubt, the heartbreaker. Yes. Um, and, yeah, I think... But then, again, it's the point of an anthology show. Mm. And it's yeah. much... And the weird thing is, is I think, again, because it's them writing it all, like, they're writing it all... <coughs> Excuse me, because they're writing it all, it retains a level of quality, whatever the episode. Whereas if you watch, say, like for example, Black Mirror, the first series of Black Mirror, I really didn't care for the last episode, like the last story. The, um, but that was not written. That was the first episode not written by Charlie Brooker. Mm. Yeah, and again, I think you can find a lot more. You know, you'll find it if there, any <clears throat> anthology series like The Twilight Zone, it can be, it's mainly hit, but occasionally you will just get one where it's like, hmm. yeah, and it, you weren't bothered, or you know, it didn't I mean, quite to, pay off, or whatever. To have done thirty-two episodes and for me to absolutely rave about every one, bar one, mm. I certainly don't. I mean, I, I certainly don't think that that in any way is me knocking the show. No, um, but no, I think you're right. Uh, another one I've just brought up because I wanted to find the name Victor Drama. Yeah, so Once Removed was the one I was saying where it keeps rolling the story yeah. back that mm. I loved. Um, and the episode before that, as you say, was the was the serious one. But even that I quite like, which is Bernie Clifton's dressing oh, room. Oh, I really adored mm. that. But then again, yeah, that is extremely... Heart-wrenching. ...moving sort of work. Yeah. But again, I think that that one had... A much, uh, I mean that. I mean uh, that essentially is a two-hander anyway. Yeah. And but I mean that had so much. And weirdly enough, was the first time that Psychoville kind of turns up in Inside Number Nine. In so much as it's like, well, I've already got them on YouTube. I've got to delete that. Me doing that impression of Tina Turner. Can't have that. <laughs> Can't have that in this day and age. Coming out. And yeah, it's sort of. Yeah, there's a lot sort of. But I mean, still. Yeah, yeah. I, it's I a great, great show, and I'm glad that we're inspiring you, mm. sir. And also, if we send you on the path of Psychoville, yeah, that is something else to enjoy. Really oh is. God, yeah, yeah, that's a whole other world of crazy that you've got to look forward to. Um, Adam, have you watched anything? Yep, I've watched. Right, okay, I'm going to set my stall out now. I'm not going to go on about it too much. The Lighthouse, fucking brilliant. I just. I could not. I wasn't expecting it to be funny. That was my main. It's point hilarious. With it. Yeah, it's absolutely hilarious. And the fact that it's like 
it's bleak, it's arty, it's really sort of miserable in places. And the fact that the two marry up so well, I was just like, that, yeah, so, and Robert Patterson, good boy. He was, him. (laughs) Well done, pig. He was absolutely brilliant. I can't have. I couldn't fault anything about his performance, and the same with Willem Dafoe. Yeah, the two of them just and and I didn't like the end. I wasn't a massive again. It's not one I'll rush back and rewatch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those two were absolutely outstanding yeah. in it. Uh, Claire has Incredible. got video of me watching it, and the bit with the speech. You know where it's like. You're fond of me lobster. I've seen you. Uh, yeah. You're fond of me lobster. <laughs> and then that whole, like, pages and pages of curse. Yeah. Of, like, him sort of, like, you know, hark trite and hark. And, like, <laughs> yeah. And there's just, like, me watching it with a big stupid grin on my face. Because, like, this is fucking... Delivery <laughs> is absolutely... Yeah. It's just amazing. And that's... And that's... It's one of those... It is one of those films I don't know who I would suggest it to, mm. but it is an acting masterclass for yeah. absolutely anybody. Uh, and Pattinson, as you say, for somebody who, again, I would very quickly have written off. Yeah, um, and purely because of Twilight, and yes. purely for, and in fairness, purely for something that I've not seen. No, I've not seen them either. But I just, it's like, you know, I have a finite number of years on this earth. I'm not going to waste it watching something that I'm pretty sure is A, not aimed at me, and B, shit. <laughs> but he is... Absolutely outstanding. great. And, I mean, obviously, Willem Dafoe, pretty much, as standard, yeah. is... And that I don't want to detract from him, but obviously, yeah, it's like Robert Patterson feels like the revelation out of it. Yeah. Although he is in a Cronenberg film. I can't remember what it's bloody called, and he was really good in that as well. Um... But yeah, so the lighthouse just—I loved it. The sound design on it as well. You know, I'm a sucker for sound design and stuff yeah. like that. Oh man, it just fucking like that blew me away as well. And just, brilliant, absolutely yeah, brilliant. I was just sort of like, yeah, and that I was just sort of that literally sort of like three days later. I'm still—I was still sort of like fucking buzzing, thinking, yeah, that's fucking yeah. And there's that bit, and there's and like I say. <laughs> so pissing funny yeah like the bit where you think they're about to kill each other and then it's they're dancing round pissed in yeah. the, and like at the yeah. bottom of the stairs screaming up and everything else like that and it's like I've, I've been here you know not necessarily that lighthouse but I've definitely <laughs> been there you know and it's sort of it is, and the thing is it changes tone so quickly but comfortably mm. like you say so it goes from feeling really bleak and you really feel it being miserable and, and day in and day yeah. out and then it literally you're sitting there howling with laughter and then it's the next day and yeah. again you're back in there oh god this is a bleak when he's just pushing that wheelbarrow through the mud oh, and yeah. the rain and you're like or when he has oh. to go and change his chamber pot and just and his arms going yeah. don't throw it into the wind that was, I said the that was my one bit don't throw it in the wind don't, don't throw it in the wind oh no the frick and it comes in smell of shit <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so yeah the lighthouse I know obviously you and Jennifer spoke about it on uh, what was our last like full episode 
can't remember now. I can't but, remember. Uh, but again, I don't think I gave it as much credit as it should have because... I don't know. You were pretty fair. I think you were very fair about it because you just said, it, you know, from an acting, from a cinematography point of view yeah. and everything else like that. But like you said, it just probably wasn't something you'd revisit. Whereas I can story, I can see but... I can see this becoming a regular sort of, um, to the point to the point where I think it might invade Ted's nightmares where he'd be like you know he'll be just sort of like right if you're gonna stay up mate we're watching the bloody lighthouse and then he'll just be because the, there's nothing in it that I mean possibly the end but there's nothing in it I couldn't sort of like say would be disturbing apart from it's disturbing if you're a grown up because yes. you're like whereas. You know, for uh, I think you know, there's you no way. You need some life experience. Yeah, yeah you need some life experience yeah, to know why this is so yeah. sort of. But yeah, so I just imagine you'd be there going, "Did we, did we spend time on a lot?" Yeah. <laughs> no, I just used to, and then, or saying it to Claire. It's like, <laughs> no, she dad just was obsessed <laughs> with this film, <laughs> the Daft Arsehole. <laughs> so that and my the other film I saw, Color Out of Space. Welcome back, Richard Stanley. I fucking love you. Yeah. Oh man. Um. I had yeah exactly the same uh, feel about it. Uh, it uh, Nicholas Cage couldn't have been more perfectly cast um, <laughs> for a film where someone goes mad. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was really good. I, the on, my only criticism of the film, um, I didn't get Tommy Chong's character. I didn't get why he was there. The worst. But the problem is because I hate hippies. I'm the, never... <laughs> the wor- Do you know the worst part was though? Is I was sitting there watching it. I was going, I've seen them eyes somewhere before. And I was like, oh yeah, fucking mirror. <laughs> Just bloodshot. Like you, you've you've been up a few days, didn't you, Tom? <laughs> but I think. Weirdly enough, I, th- I I I embraced his character just on the basis that it was like, it's you always have the sort of you you have to have that sort of. Um, sort of idiot savant sort of feel to it or something Mm. like that where essentially he's the first one who knows what's going on yeah and that and yet it's like yeah but that's because he is blasted yeah you know and but yeah i thought i I just i really i just really enjoyed it i think it's very well done i think it was not i an odd thing to say i think it was nicely cruel Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I don't. No one. No one escapes, and there's there's sort of parts of it where you're like, "That's fucking horrible." Yeah. But again, but never to the point of I don't want to see this. Mm. More to the point of, fucking hell, no wonder you've gone mad. Yeah. You know it's, and there is a lot in there that sort of just. The, the body horror was the bit that mm. got me. I was surprised just how good that was and, um, and it's a and it's a weird thing as well because it's obviously it's not something that comes necessarily from Lovecraft because I think in in the story the wife ends up insane and in the loft yeah but nowhere Nothing none like of that what and, no. <laughs> and and also just the use of the term that a lot of people have said alpacalypse <laughs> which I just I enjoy so much um uh, mate of mine at work who sort of like he I don't see him that often because he's like on site most of the time and he always comes it was because of a perfect host he always comes over to me and says right have you seen any films lately <laughs> and I said to him right you've got to see the colour out of space and he was like I've seen it and then he basically did the whole milking the llama <laughs> so they're the animal of the past 
and the future. <laughs> you know, you don't get much meat on them. But it's like, and yeah, just I th- I just loved the way it was done. And I there was someone again. I think this was um, might have been uh, Scary Thoughts podcast, which is a very good podcast. Um, one of the people on there, uh, I think it was their guest they had on there, said interesting and it was like something that had completely passed me by Mm. but as a metaphor of cancer because obviously there's the thing with the wife in there yes and that whole contamination yeah element to it and it was like wow that's fucking you know that when you point that out it's like fuck that is in there yeah to it yeah to have added that into that story to bring it yeah but then but obviously richard stanley's mum who was the person who he said introduced him to Lovecraft, um, died a few years ago of cancer. And he said that at the end he was reading her Lovecraft Hmm. in the way that she had when he was little. Yeah. And it's sort of like, you know, and it was like, shit, that connection, that's that's quite... You know, that was such an insightful connection to make there. And it was like, Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, just... And, curiously enough, as well, so... You know, it's not just Nicolas Cage. Everyone's really, everyone's really fucking good in it. Yeah. The little kid. Yeah, the little boy. He's brilliant. Yeah. You know, and again, that was something I thought came out with Inside Number Nine. Though, is actually you couldn't fault the acting in that episode, like the most recent. No. Episode. And that that boy in that was brilliant. Yeah. And you're like, there was no, he wasn't a stage school kid. You know, it wasn't. He wasn't a look at me, mummy. No, no. You know, he was just. He, he was just a kid. Yeah, and similarly with Colour Out Space, I think that kid's brilliant. He was incredible. He, he, the way he played the, again for such a young actor as well to play because obviously the child in the story is is uh, is on the spectrum, isn't he? I don't know if he's full autistic, but he's definitely got. He's, it's possible, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, so I mean, so for a kid that age to grasp that character, yeah, um, and portrayed it so well. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think every, that kid is going to go on to a uh, to great thing. I'm sure everyone, he's... everyone in it goes mad in their own way and their own convincing way. Mm. And Nicolas Cage is just very demonstrative. Mm. You know, we've seen him lose it in so many films, <laughs> but everyone else losing it, but in their own sort of specific ways. And it's sort of like again that really that felt Lovecraftian, where it's not just like. Oh, everyone! You know, everyone hallucinates a dog and their tits fall off. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Everyone has an individual yeah break tipping and, point and yeah. dis- dissolve into madness. And it, uh, the other thing I loved <coughs> was the it is it's that thing that we've discussed before when you always look at things and go it, that isn't real, so this can't really be happening. Mm. It's that the reaction of the two kids when it's happening around them and there's no adults to see it and they're like, yeah. right, this is real but if we tell anybody they aren't going to believe us but we need to get everybody out of here so we need to come up with a yeah. convincing way of getting it and it just isn't working. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I just thought it was so well written. I, I, I love the original yeah. and this is so massively different to that mm. um, but in such a wonderful way. Yeah. I really, really thought it was good. Much like a Brian Yasner one, it does its own thing with it, it updates it, but I'm now pretty much convinced that it's probably my favourite Lovecraft adaption. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, definitely. And, and that includes, because there is the German colour out of space, like the black and white one, Yeah. which 
is a genius idea because how do you portray a colour that no one's ever seen? Yeah. Do it in black and white. But, <laughs> and, and that is very true to the... That's That sticks to the text. That's yeah. very true to it. But this, I think, just... Yeah. And I think it's a very... Uh, and also just funny. Which... It, again, like the lighthouse, the lighthouse was utterly unexpected that it had, had, had that much to laugh at in it. But with this, where it's like, uh, and the fact that they use it so well against other things, mm. like Nicolas Cage losing it that he's been made to look a knob on telly, that he looks like a nutter. You like what why is it? did they nobody go, tell me about my hair? Yeah, what <laughs> UFO UFO experience? So what does that mean? Why have they put that on there? Meanwhile, the the wife just cuts her hand, her fingers off. Yeah, and you're like, you know, but juxtaposing the two so well, and, and it, yeah, 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 wonderful film, really, yeah. really good. It's one of those we've been looking forward to for a long time. I was hoping we wouldn't be disappointed. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I'm very glad that we weren't. Chris, you need to get on mm, the colour out. It does sound like it. We may. <laughs> I think we should cover it. Soon. I think we totally mm. should because yeah. I could, I, even though I only watched it. Three weeks ago, I could totally rewatch it. Again. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, that, today in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, is that all you've? Thought? That's all. I think that's all I've got on the go. Okay. We had, we had, we did have. Uh, we've had some communications. Apologies to literally everyone that we are so sort of like we've we've got a bit behind on a lot of our correspondence and stuff. Yes. And we've been waiting for Chris to be recaptured. Uh, Chris to be back on the podcast <laughs> to. Um, uh, talk about that, but we uh, uh, we've ha- we had another email from uh, Philip, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, where is it? I thought I'd recommend a few films, which I guess could be classed as horror. The f- uh, film that should not be named. Yeah, Threads is in there. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, the War Game, which I have got, and again, a nuclear war film mm. that is just brilliant. It's by a guy called um, oh, what is his name? Pete Watkins. Peter Watkins. And so Lee clicking the block button to yeah. fill it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that is again about nuclear war. But he mm. did an amazing film called Culloden, which is about the the Scottish Battle of Culloden. But he does it as if like a news crew existed then, mm. not war games. That's not the one. war games. No, that's the it's the war game. Ah. Yeah, no war games is the one where the kid breaks into the Pentagon and that's correct. It could yep. be all the war. Um, yeah, but yeah, he did this film called Culloden, which is basically the Scottish Battle of Culloden, but it's done as if you had on-the-spot correspondence from the news. Mm. So they interview people in the front line, and they have people going behind me is the the massed ranks of the uh, British Army, and it's so it's such a great idea because it's so educationally valid. Yeah. Mm. And you really feel it. And it's like, this is something I had no idea about. And it's such a brilliant way of putting it across. And the the war game is kind of similar, but basically, yeah, it's um, about what happens if, uh, you know, in the event of the bomb dropping. And it's mm. sort of, you know, it's quite... Again, I mean, it's Threads is bleak in the sense of it follows a story. This is more like, again, someone just... Filmed, yeah. It's like the documentary, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like someone filmed this, and it was like, oh yeah, it gets to this point, and then uh, we have to introduce rationing, and the police are armed because of looters, mm. yeah. And uh, oh, this far away from the blast, uh, anyone outside will have had their eyes boiled from their heads, 
and it's like really I mean it's brilliant but again yeah it's a great he also recommended The Mad Death which I really have got to see mm. which was a rabies scare series oh, okay. um, and yeah it's mainly um, mainly like old BBC sort of TV and stuff like that and he's talking about the eight, the 1981 Day of the Triffids Mm. Which yep. is incredible. That I've is not a, seen it. Actually. That is very. I mean, it's basically you watch it and you just go, "What the fuck?" Twenty eight days later, hey, didn't really? anything original. That's. Oh, I mean, really? even to the point of the, it starts off with a guy waking up in hospital. Oh really? And you know he's had an eye operation. <laughs> it, oh, that's right. Yeah. He's had an eye operation, and yeah. basically, while he's having an eye operation, the entire planet get blinded. Yeah. Um, oh. By a meteor storm, and the Triffids just take advantage of that. So they're not really the main protagonist. And and like uh, 28 Days Later, it is much more, I think, uh, Chris, uh, sorry, Charlie Brooker puts it the right way, which is, the Triffids aren't the monster, it's twatty old humanity. (laughs) And that's very true. You know, the Triffids cause a problem, but it is like having to interact with people in an apocalyptic world. Uh, He also mentions The Day After, which I believe is the American... Uh, nuclear war film with uh, Steve Guttenberg mm-hmm. uh, which I saw years ago I've not seen it for a long time and then he's also have a suggestion to cover some old old series such as Doomwatch Tripods and Children of the Stones I know most of these are old BBC movies and series apart from one but I think it could be a good idea to cover a series in a bonus episode or when one of you is missing so <laughs> you, you were bang on there mate I'll yeah. tell you yeah. um, uh, just an idea keep up the good work I'm not flooding your inbox with too many suggestions so never you you never that is never the case, Philip. That yeah, is never yeah. Thank you. Uh, Doomwatch. Um, I've got Doomwatch. I've got Children of the Stones is genuinely worth seeking out. I think that that could be one that we could do as a bonus episode mm. or something because Children of the Stones is basically a six-part kid series mm. about weird stuff going on in. Um, Oh, what's the bloody place called? Where is it where they've got the Standing Stones? Avebury. Avebury, yeah. It's basically it was filmed there, oh. and it's basically. But that's the, basically the plot is that everything goes a bit sort of a, a, a boy and his dad move there. Uh, his dad's an astrophysicist, but the stones are magical. They are involved with signals from deep space. There's a lot of weird shit that goes on here. Ian Cuthbertson is the main villain. Ian Cuthbertson, who was in, who's uh, Collie in the Stone Tape. Oh yeah, you know uh, the Scottish guy, mm. um, and he is like the main villain in it, and he is fucking spectacular. Oh man, uh, but that yeah, Children of the Stones really worth checking out. Doom Watch was great because it was a series that was essentially the this the Doom Watch is a. Um, Government department looking at uh, problems of um, science gone wrong, ecology, and that sort of thing. And they have some great episodes that really do veer into horror. There's one called Mm. Tomorrow the Rat, in which a woman, a woman scientist, accidentally releases she's created uh, Ratus Sapien, which is the thinking rat. Yeah. And um, yeah, basically, rats become sentient and able to use tools and things like that okay some of the effects in it there might be a bit where Robert Powell is hitting plastic rats sellotape to his legs with a frying pan 
that may happen <laughs> but the concept of it is still shit yourself terrifying and actually the very first episode is a great one just from a drama point of view because it's called the plastic eaters mm. and it's someone uh, basically there's a brief outbreak where someone has um, they've developed something that breaks down plastic as a mm. biological uh, like as a, a biological entity that breaks down plastics yeah great for the ecology but unfortunately it ends up loose on an aeroplane yeah. <laughs> so they're flying and everything is literally melting around mm-hmm. them. Oh, okay. Like the the, the cover of the the, the uh, insulation on the cables goes, mm. and the seats start sticking and stuff like that. And it's basically yeah. And they have loads of and there's I mean it's one of those ones where the BBC did their usual thing of junking great swathes of it. Mm. But there's still enough sort of episodes there that are just really really great. Mm. Admittedly, there is an episode that you may watch in which they put a little dummy man head on a chicken that may happen okay but you know like we said about the uncanny it's uh, you know different rules about animal cruelty back then Um, but yeah it is still there's some really good sort of Mm. stuff there but Children of the Stones I reckon is definitely up your alley Lee that is one to definitely check I will definitely be watching that thank you very much for that suggestion Philip I'll be checking that out um so since we last recorded, two things before I cover the film I watched. So last night uh, we went to the theatre uh, and we saw Macbeth. Ah! Whoa. Oh, potato on the shoulder, we're making amends. Ah! Uh, yes, well, he's went and saw the Scottish play. Um, <laughs> it, well, yeah, I, I was unaware of the story. I never read it. Uh, no, I've never well, seen even, it. Even either. though we did it in English. Even though we did yeah, it in English. Yeah, okay. I never read it. Um, and... I was for the benefits of the tape. Um, yeah, I was quite a quiet child at school, and I didn't misbehave. But I was, I was willing to do whatever needed doing inside the class. But I never did a single piece of homework in my entire five years at school. And if you were quiet and undisruptive, you were low on the priority list, and therefore you just got away with it. Certainly in our school. Uh, yeah. So um, yeah. So uh, the, it was always homework to read it, and then you'd come into the class and discuss it. A bit like this, uh, except I never read it. Um, <laughs> so I would just keep quiet when it came to discussing it. Um, so I was entirely unaware of the story. I knew, obviously, about the weird sisters and stuff, but, yeah, I didn't realise just how horror that is with the yeah. ghosts and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was yeah, fantastic. Yeah, you've got Banquo, and, yeah, it's yeah. just really... It, is, it was proper horror. Mm. Um, Technically, Ted can kill Macbeth. Oh, not of woman born because he was yeah because he was a cesarean job so yeah, yeah there you go um, yeah I, I was surprised actually I managed to keep up with what was going on in the story uh, with it all being obviously in uh, and the guy playing Macbeth being very Scottish oh right um, I, well that's quite right I suppose as he should be but um, it's interesting I often found that when I when often when we was at school and we were doing like if we did Shakespeare and stuff like that I think they really make a mistake in reading it Mm. because when you see it as a play you it's so you get it yeah because the people know what they're, you know, you've got actors. They know what they're doing. Do, do you mean because yeah. the language when you read it? Because the language much is harder to so, well, because it's it's all in iambic pentameter yeah. anyway, and it's mm. sort of you know it's now sort of like centuries old language. Mm. But I think that when you see someone doing it, yeah. you can actually go, 
oh, right, this is the funny bit. Mm. Or, yeah, because of the way they emphasise it and yeah. you can pick up on their delivery. Yeah. Yeah, and that was what, that was how I managed to... Yeah. Yeah, I just, I can't imagine, there's no way I would read that book. Not a chance. Well, I remember reading it and just being, and then I think it was the Polanski version I saw. And that is, I'll tell you what though, if you can get hold of it, there is a version with Patrick Stewart as Macbeth. Yes. It is fucking incredible. Oh, really? It really, really is. It's really worth checking that okay. down. And if you go on a Shakespeare kick, watch Richard III with uh, Ian McKellen. Because okay. that, again, when you see someone performing the text. Yeah. And let's face it, that's what they're meant, that's what it's meant mm, to be for. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it's, and I find that that's when, that's when Shakespeare works. It isn't, I think the language, especially when you're at school, the language can be just so dense and yeah. un, it's unappealing. And then it's like, right, uh, you know, Adam, you read out this bit. Chances be the silent way. And the yeah. You know, you're not going to do it like fucking... You're not going to do it like it Patrick Stewart or Ian McKellen, are you? Like angrily shouted yeah. and like... Yeah, and yeah. I think that was it's their emphasis that made it. So that was yeah. yeah. So I really enjoyed that, mm-hmm. and I was very surprised. I don't Brilliant. think I need to go to another Shakespeare play. I think I'm all done now. Oh, I tell you what though, I'll, I'll like I say, stick to the tragedies. The comedies are all shit. <laughs> but stick to the tragedies. Fucking Richard the Third, and uh, and Titus Andronicus. Basically, see all the ones from uh, Theatre of Blood. Oh right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Theatre of Blood was really the thing that got me into Shakespeare mm. more than anything else. It was just sort of like I wanted to. It's like what someone gets blinded with hot knives, right? I, I, I want to um, see this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Should check that out. Um, but in the world of cinema now, uh, mm-hmm. again, now this isn't horror, but it does lead us in. I did watch Jojo Rabbit. Is it any good? Because I really desperately want to watch it's it. It's amazing. Ah, oh, cool. It is absolutely heartwarming and hilarious and horribly tragic and but mainly hilarious um and i think that's why it it works so well for me as you know because i'm i don't like i watch as i've said a million times before i watch films although i watch a lot of horror I watch it for entertainment because Escapism. I want to enjoy it. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to watch. Oh, you should watch this. It's educational. It reminds you how shit the world is. I don't want to know how shit the world is. I'm watching films so I forget how shit the world is. I don't yeah. need this. Um, Which I think is absolutely fair comment. I yeah. don't think there's anything wrong in that. It's much in the same way as it's like I don't want to. I don't want to see some cunt singing it. Yes, you know that's why I'm, I'm not a musicals guy. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> oh god, yeah, no, I can't do. It. Um, but yeah, so Jojo Rabbit is absolutely hilarious. Um, so it looks like it's got something to do with Hitler. So basically, it's but. a young boy who is in the Hitler Youth, mm. um, and he wants to be a great SS soldier, mm. but he's uh, a small, particularly weak, not very uh, particularly just... bright child. Right. Um, but his mother, played by Scarlett Johansson, oh, mm. and his best friend is imaginary Hitler. Yes, played by Taika Waititi, who also directs it. Yes. Mm. Um, He's absolutely outstanding, and he gets sent to a weekend camp for (laughs) SS uh, wannabe children run by um, Sam Rockwell. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, Sam Rockwell was one of my favourite actors. Yeah. This is one of my favourite roles of his. It is absolutely batshit. Oh. How much of it is true? None of it whatsoever, really. Um, I mean, it, the, it's, there must it's have based been on children that, that wanted yeah, there's, there's, to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Hitler was, Youth was yeah. a real thing. Right. That was okay. like it was like it was essentially Nazi scouts. Mm, well, yeah. it was essentially the scouts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, and I, I won't tell you anything more than that because mm. it, once the story starts unraveling. Uh, but it's really, really, really good. Do you remember when the downfall thing was going round? You know the the Hitler film where yeah, oh, yeah, people yeah. were redoing the subtitles. Yeah, yeah. The redoing the subtitles. Mm, so, so it was yeah. like you know, oh, anyone who doesn't own Carcass's three albums need to leave mm. the room and all that sort of stuff. Uh, Takawatiti put up one about Jojo Rabbit. I saw this, and it was just. But my favourite bit about it was. Uh, when it was Hitler, obviously Hitler moaning that I'm being played by a New Zealand uh, a, a Maori Jew yeah. or whatever it was, but he was, but it was just the bit about sort of like, and honestly, this meme, this meme's been dead for years. Why is why is he resurrected it now? And it's just the woman crying outside with the woman comforting her and just going, "I know you sent it to me last week. It's okay." It's <laughs> just even down to that, I was just like, "That's yeah." That's mean, even their own propaganda for the movie was fantastic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, honestly, go and check it out. He is absolutely brilliant. I wanted, I've wanted to see it anyway, but I wanted to see it before this because, um, obviously, because this is the other thing. That yeah, I had I had intended to try and get around to it, and just yeah, it just didn't happen in the end. But yeah, yeah no, absolutely, do it's fantastic. I mean, the good thing is, it's like there is no, I have no problem. It, you know, I I know that Claire is fully up for Takawatiti. Uh, imaginary Hitler film, you know, she's she, that, that, you know, there's no, there's, there's no problems there. Yeah, we've you got know. seller on it. She's no, already in the she, queue. She, yeah, exactly. Uh, yes. So, without further ado, uh, what we do in the shadows? Yes, Chris. So you saw this for I the did. first time. Yeah. What did you make of this film? That is awesome. <laughs> mm. uh, I think my favourite bit is probably. The vampires versus the werewolves. I, like, I just loved that whole idea of, uh, yeah, because you know it's well known vampires don't like werewolves. Yeah. But yeah. these werewolves are, uh, they're like the AA, you know, they're yeah, try, like, trying not to be werewolves. An encounter group sort yeah. of thing, yeah. But yeah, and just the way they, you know, they're sort of slagging each other off and yeah, that's great. But just the whole thing is fantastic. Um, I, it, I thought it was a good. Uh, reminiscent of Flight of the Concords. Yeah. Now helped by the fact that I don't know the actor's name, but who plays oh, Murray? Flight. Uh, yeah, so Jermaine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. But um. But oh, Riggs, with, Riggs Darby, the yeah, manager. Yeah. yeah. Murray. From yeah. The and yeah. so, you know, just seeing them is going to bring back <laughs> Flight of the Concords. But yeah, it's just the, the comedy, the way they've done it is just so good. Um, uh, you know, he's the guy like Stu. In fact, the actor's called Stu. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. Just some excellent ideas. I just there. noticed he hasn't even got a picture on no, IMDb no. because he is just a guy, yeah. I'm guessing. Oh, no, there's... A, uh, seriously, and, yeah, Stu, um, uh, uh, he basically... Um, he did come in for... Um, oh, bloody hell. Oh. I'm not thinking... I am right, and I? He's in mm. Wheel Wolves. Yes, Ooh. yeah, because, obviously... Rumoured. Yeah. Because, oh yeah, that's something I think we need. Because obviously we talked, me and Lee, we talked about what we do in the shadows 
the TV series. Yes. Um, so, you know, that's covered on those episodes. So, so that came out after the film? That came out after the film. Right. Between the film and that coming out, and it's unfortunately only appeared in, uh, in New Zealand so far, uh, is Wellington Paranormal. And it's the two coppers who turn up. You know, where it's like, I don't see any smoke alarms. Yeah. We all like a laugh. <laughs> you know, where it's just... I mean, again, it's brilliant sequence after brilliant sequence. Yeah. If we sit here and quote this, we just, mm-hmm. we're just redoing the film. Yeah. In sl- slightly worse, <laughs> you know. But, th- I mean, that just gets me. Mm-hmm. Where they're just like, you know, where it's just the... Yeah, come on, lads. Yeah, I know. You know, we all like a laugh and everything. But, yeah. um, I, so, since we last did our episode, mm-hmm. I've watched all of the first season of Wellington Paranormal. Yeah. It is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's it's exactly what you expect. So, it's, it's, it's them two, it's the two coppers from the film going around and investigating like the X-Files, like sort of Monster yeah. of the Week sort of thing. So, so, basically, the guy who, the, the head guy at their police station, Captain, I suppose. Oh, yeah. Is, um, he has decided to open, because he's interested in the paranormal and there's a lot goes on in Wellington, he has decided to open a secret paranormal division with just those two, which is in a hidden cupboard in the office. <laughs> um, yeah, and he takes them in as a secret and says to them, look, you've got to go and check out. And it's it's a proper monster of the week. So one yeah. week it's zombies, the next week it's a demon, and Perfect. the next week it's vampires. Um uh, characters from the film do turn up in it. Yes, I saw that sort of when I was uh, when I was looking it up because I saw that like um, yeah, like the sort of uh, and some of the guys playing like Jermaine Clement is the voice of something called a Mobot. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, it, it it's it's just it is their characters from this in twenty five minutes episode. It absolutely there's an alien episode and like, oh fantastic! It's, it, I just absolutely. Really, really enjoyed oh, I can't, it. I can't it's wait fantastic, to watch this. honestly. But yeah, so so obviously you've got Wellington Paranormal. You get the spin-off, what we do in the shadows. They're also meant to be doing a spin-off called We Are Wolves. So W E apostrophe R E Wolves, and that is going to be and already some of the cast who are parts of the werewolf group in the film yeah. are due to be appearing in that, including Stu. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the only name that oh, I have yeah, he gets turned into one but Stu genuinely was a guy who came to sort out the computers <laughs> who they liked so, <laughs> they right so Stu as... as he is in the film is Stu in real life that's where he came <laughs> from that, that was so good when they took him to the uh, what, oh the the, what, the, the masquerade ball yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> like Wanting to eat him. Oh. And I know this is my friend Stu, he's the reddest person on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, and I also love the fa- I love the fact that uh, it's like when uh, when Nick's going around and it's just, yeah, Twilight, you know, Twilight. That's me. I'm Twilight. <laughs> Where it's like, yeah, you've not. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, we can't talk about this film without talking about that opening music, which is the same music for the TV yes, series. Yes, Norma Tenga, um, You're Dead. Oh my god, it's good. Yeah, so so good. Her, she that comes from a whole. Uh, she did an album, and uh, that's one of the tracks off it. But it's called the album is called Walking My Cat Named Dog, <laughs> and it's all these sort of weird kind of folk songs, uh, like sort of sixties folk songs. But that I mean that is a stroke of genius. That fucking song. It works perfectly. Yeah. Like I can't think of any song that. A, 
possibly go. It just encapsulates the mentalness of mm. the film, and, and and again with the TV series as well. But it's also good to see that the film kind of has it in there the same way that the series does, where they do all the establishing shots, and it's yeah. all like them at the masquerade ball in like the eighties and seventies yeah. and so on and so forth, and it's like. And all the sort of like woodcut illustrations. Yeah. That they put in. Yeah. I mean, that just that just got me. I don't know why, particularly this time round on the rewatch, it just really got me again. Where it was every time they mention the beast, Bosh! <laughs> and it's just that like sound effect and the the like church bell mm-hmm. and the illustration of that sort of monster, like thing. a bird thing with a penis in the middle. Yeah, of Yeah, it's just <laughs> and then the it's beast. just <laughs> that woman at the. Bar- <laughs> yeah, with with the uh, lumpy faced vampire who is just yeah who is just one of the, that's something that comes out as well is Reese Darby, uh, Reese Darby is the head of the werewolves. Mm. It's something that I I just adore swearing in a New Zealand accent, <laughs> and actually like you've got um, Johnny Brewer who plays Deacon in this yeah in Mega Time Squad yes, yes. and in that. He he basically fulfills the Reese Darby role yeah. of just like spending the whole time. Well, you can, what are you doing that for, you dickhead? <laughs> and it's just, yeah, just. But I mean, like Reese Darby, where it's like, well, you can kiss those trousers goodbye. What do we say about track pants? <laughs> <laughs> I um I did leave the room at one point and heard Jennifer in absolute roars of laughter. <coughs> I went back and said, "What are you laughing at?" And as I left, it was the line about. Uh, so, so people ask, why is it that we uh, we favour eating virgins? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what are you laughing at? And she's like, you just missed the best line of the film, which is the, well, you know, it's like anything else, you know, like it's how, you know, if you've got a sandwich, you'd like it more. Some other man hasn't fucked it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh um, it's just, it's just. I just, it's the little things that make me laugh. It, when they're getting changed to go out for the evening, they can't look in the mirror. So he's just a, yeah, they draw it, drawing pictures of what they look like. Oh yeah. And uh, I mean, apparently, um, Takawatiti said that his characterization is based uh, like Iago is based on C three PO and his mum. <laughs> That's where he got that. From. <laughs> it, it does make you think that it must have been just as much fun to have made this as I, it is to watch. I think. I, it, I mean, I I don't think they did it under a lot of time, which mm. I think is again just really impressive. Mm. And I do like the fact that you have ages of vampirism. Mm. Yeah, where you've got obviously, like, well, obviously you've got. Peter, who's just mm. ain't, who is Nosferatu, yeah. it's the it just ancient. I was sad when he yeah, because he's really because again they're really sad as well. Because yeah. again, I wonder about that. Where it's the guy, you know, where it's like the vampire hunter and he's broken. He's yeah. Peter mm. does because he's broken it, and it's the same guy who he says to him in the bar, "I'm a vampire." Oh, really? I'm a vampire hunter. Yeah. That doesn't feel like he's been keyed in I think they've asked that bloke back because they just Cause took him round yeah. and he just was just there going oh really mate yeah well I'm a vampire hunt, and just sort of coming back at him and they were like actually can we put yeah because yeah. <laughs> there does seem to I mean the, the majority of people in it have uh, you know those who aren't you sort of known 
mm. are mainly in other films that Takawatiti did in New Zealand, stuff like Eagle versus Shark and. Oh, um, I didn't realise that was him. We saw yeah. that a long time. Yeah, well, that was Dean, wasn't it? He, he, he um, yeah, he had. Uh, where was it? Because I did, I did put them down. I did put them down. Where did I put them down? Everywhere. Yeah, Eagle versus Shark, Hunt for the Wilder People. Now that was a fantastic film. Yeah, uh, Thor Ragnarok, boy. Um, he's also directed. Oh, he directed episodes of What We Do in the Shadows, Flight of the Concord, and The Mandalorian. Oh mm. no! Oh yes, I know he did an episode of Mandalorian. Mm. Yeah, and also just just as just as the one because it because at the time it amused me when I was just like. And I, I was going, it's, it's the... And Claire's what? what? And, was, and uh, is uh, Takawatiti is the voice of Glutey in Rick and Morty, who is the guy who has... Don't... Uh, who Rick has tattooed, don't develop my app onto his forehead. <laughs> and then uh, Jerry comes in and develops the app with him. And, it's, and then... And it's obviously meant to be like a massive... Uh, sort of like a, a New Zealand species because... His ruler is Sam Neill. Yeah, and you're like, you know, there's a lot, but again, that's one of those things where I just, I just like it when people are like, you know, you're a very, very successful director, and yet you're still quite happy to be glutey in Rick and Morty. <laughs> it's the same, it's like the Jordan Peele thing where he's one of the brain bollock monsters that turns uh. up in one of the episodes. You know, the time cop things, yeah. like time guardian things. Yeah. <coughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it's sort of uh, the, the effect. The other thing that got me on this was obviously we know it's 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 a full on comedy and it's mm. um, but the effects like the bat changing and when they're having the fight and stuff and yeah. they're changing from human to bat. <laughs> those effects are actually really good. Like it's yeah. all quite well when Deacon and Nick are fighting and it's like the especially like because you've got the two ones. You've got the one like you say they've got the ones with the where they're turning into bats backwards and forwards yeah. and stuff like that. But just the one where they've obviously just done the spinning room. But it looks yes. really yeah. damn good. Yeah, where it's it just, you know, they crawl, they go up the ceiling and round. The... Yeah, through the door frame. Yeah. And, yeah. and it, again, it just looks really sort of great. And, but then also, I just love, again, like you've got the hypnotised police. You know, you'll notice nothing unusual. And like... <laughs> And um, uh, Vladislav's holding Deacon's feet, yeah, where he's like, floating, yeah. and and fucking Nick is in the corner of the. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, hang on, hang on, you noticed something wrong? What's that? No smoke detectors. <laughs> uh, when they got the dead guy in the basement, and yes. down there, he's like, oh yeah, he's, he's just had too much. So, to, well, you're not going to get him a blanket or something. Yeah. Look, he's got this concrete laying on top of him, but he's, he's going to wake up. He's going to wake up with one hell of a headache. <laughs> just think. Come on, and also just the should, should we should, shall we kill them? Let's see what what other safety precautions they can offer us as well. <laughs> yeah, I just it's it's just mm. so brilliantly written and acted, and I mm. think they've they've just got a really good um, between them on screen. They've all just got yeah, they yeah. all just click yeah. so mm. perfectly. Um, yeah, and and also top marks for. I'm doing my evil bidding on the internet. Yeah. What are you doing for? I'm bidding for a table. <laughs> <laughs> or 
I, what was it? I lost a, I lost a hat somewhere around 1870. Yes, now Google it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and Deacon's sexy dancing as well. Yeah, which, uh... I was doing an erotic dance for my friends. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. what was it? If, you, if you're a vampire, it was bad news. If you're a Nazi vampire, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, I just, we can't recommend this enough. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, and I know we do. We t- we keep trying to get into horror, and we keep just gravitating back to this horror comedy, um, because so much of it is so good. And as you say, I mean, there's no elements of horror in this no. per se. It um, has it has horror characters. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I mean, you still have you know this. Welcome to my torture chamber. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't, don't use it much. No, it's in a bad period of my life. <laughs> but I think I think weirdly, and it's something that comes across on other like on the horror stuff. The more obviously horror stuff, the stuff we gravitate to there still tends to have humour. Yeah, and it isn't necessarily just. Say, for example, American Werewolf is probably the pinnacle of you've balanced. A horror film and a yeah. comedy film because mm. you've got both things in it. Yeah. yeah. You've got shocking mm. jump moments, you know, like genuinely scary moments, mm. genuinely funny moments. Yeah. But I think all of them, it veers across sort of so well. Yeah. And it is the same, it's the same thing where someone said it's that you, you produce a, you produce an unexpected reaction. Mm. Mm. If you can make someone scream or you can make someone laugh, it's as a result of surprise mm. or an unexpected sort of view mm. or something like that. And yeah, so I think that's why. Yeah, I, th- I think this is one of like when I first heard about the concept of it, I thought it was going to be, a, a, despite the fact I knew Jermaine Clement already mm. and I knew he was involved, <coughs> I was like, oh, a mockumentary about vampires. I I just don't. I just. I, I don't it could have been so bad. Yeah, like, and I that's guess. what I mean. I was like, oh, it's just going to be really mm. to, to the point now where it genuinely qualifies as one of my top vampire films. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Because again, I think it's it's you know there is a love in there mm. where it's not. Oh, there, I doubt this you. is not. It's not basically. It's not like a. It's not like a scary movie version of Twilight or something. No. Do you know what I mean? It's this is mm. it's a sitcom, and the situation is vampires living together. Yeah, <laughs> and that's where it comes. So it's yeah, it's much. It's porridge. The situation is they're in prison. Yeah, you know, and but it's like yeah, I don't think there's. It, in a way, it's just working with that absurdity it's like the it's like the feeling i've always had with mel brooks Mm. which is the majority of mel brooks stuff is that he watch it you watch it with your friends and you the film you make is the jokes you make during the film yeah and i think that kind of is this again in a way yeah absolutely fantastic yeah so chris if you as you enjoyed this so much Mm. you need to go and watch the tv show because it's it's an entirely different cast, apart from some of the guys from this. Make mm. they uh, make a guest appearance, and it's you just are happy that they do. Yeah, 
But I know that both Jermaine and Takawatiti direct episodes and write yeah. episodes of okay. the so they're still very much involved. Yeah, I say although it is very different mm. well no it's not. Although it's a it's a different cast, it feels a lot like this and mm. the humour is exactly the same. So um it's definitely yeah. It definitely one to And it watched. does seem like I should probably watch everything that Taika Waititi has ever done. Yeah, oh, without a doubt, he's absolutely fantastic. Mm. Uh, Adam, I can see you clicking through your... I mean, I don't think there's much... There's not much in there that isn't, like we've said, you know, sort mm. of stuff about uh, people uh, appearing in... And interestingly enough, a lot of the people involved wrote episodes of Flight of the Concords or wrote episodes of Wellington Paranormal mm. or, you know, wrote sort of, you know, so it is a very it's it's nice that it's a, it's a very integrated group. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly. And, yeah, I think that, and the other thing I think we have to mention is um, I think just um, weirdly enough, I always forget, I always forget about uh, Jackie. Uh, it, it, that's um, Deacon's familiar, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. I always forget about, it, but Jackie, I think, is fucking. Yeah. She's brilliant in it yeah. as well. Yeah. And it's like when they're going through the thing, and it's like sort of like, so how young are we talking? You know, are we not no, not kids. No, yeah. No. And <laughs> that, that is the bit that I, I didn't remember that did make me laugh this time. Yeah, is when they're walking the streets and they're saying, "Oh yeah, there are other vampires out." Yeah. And they go up to those two little girls and he goes, "Are you going to be out killing perverts?" <laughs> yeah, are you killing perverts? Yeah, we're meeting a paedophile. Yeah. <laughs> and again, I just love that's something that I think again happens in in the series as well. Is mm. like when they go to the club, mm. and it's like the other hundreds of vampires that are all sort of like knocking around the place and everything and it's yeah uh, yeah it's such a large world that they build and it's why it's create, allowed yeah. them to do all these spin-offs mm. yeah. in that same universe um, so yes so go and check out this and Definitely. all of the spin-off shows that go along with it um, we will be watching Monster, Monster Squad. Squad on the next episode so go and check out Monster Squad uh, and don't forget to send us your hashtag Ask Welcome to Horror Questions on social media or in the comments below. Thanks very much, and we'll see you in a fortnight. Night. Bye. Night.